1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Saturday edition of the best of fight back from the week that was. And before we look back, I'd like to take a moment to remember this day 20 years ago when the world changed after the attacks of September 11th, 2001. We think of all those who lost loved ones that day and how difficult it has been to go on without them. In the words of Sandy Dahl, wife of Flight 93 pilot Jason Dahl, If we learn nothing else from this tragedy, we learn that life is short and there is no time for hate. We began the week on Labor Day, paying tribute to older workers who are classified on the Government of Canada website as 55 and older. It's a topic that got the Fight Back phones ringing, with many of you out there working into your late 60s and through your 70s. There is a variety of reasons fueling this Zoomer workforce, the love and passion for your work simply because you have to to pay the bills and fund your eventual retirement, or maybe a combination of both. I was joined by two-thirds of our Monday Zoomer squad to discuss the phenomenon. Bill Van Gorder, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Marketing Officer at CARP, and David Kravitz, Chief Membership Officer at CARP and Vice President here at Zoomer Media.
2: It's certainly underway and it's unstoppable and it's only going to grow. And I think there's three main reasons. One is I want more money you know, to, to set up a retirement. Number two, I'm not gonna get enough money from my retirement package, be it pension or Canada pension or personal or RSP or whatever it is. And increasingly, a lot of people uh, wanna keep working because uh, it keeps them sharp. There's some scientific evidence to say that the longer you work, uh, the, the healthier uh, you will be for longer mentally sharper, a uh, way of, you know, maybe warding off dementia. It, it varies by the individual, of course, but there's all those three reasons are converging. And uh, so we're going to see, uh, we're just at the beginning of what's, uh, what's going to be happening here.
1: When was it decided, David, that 65 was the time you you got out of the workforce, you got your gold watch, and you sat on your rocking chair for the rest of your life?
2: the The legend or one story and it may be an urban urban legend, but it actually is, apparently it goes back to Bismarck, Chancellor Bismarck of Germany, who brought in the first pension and he picked 65 uh, because the average uh, most people died by 67 68. So he had a chance to do a politically popular thing without it costing a lot of money.
1: Bill, what would you like to add in terms of what you're hearing from CARP members uh, who are older beyond those traditional retirement ages of 55 and 65, why they keep on working?
3: Yeah, well, everything that uh, David said, uh, of course, but a key area uh, is tied into both uh, living longer and a concern about having enough money uh, for the rest of their life. Our recent survey of, of uh, CARP members, which was just finished uh, uh, last week, uh, shows the number uh, two concern after health concerns of older Canadians is financial uh, security of whether or not they'll outlive uh, uh, their money. And also, uh, as David said, uh, they not only want to keep active, but they don't feel like it's time for retirement. As as uh, as someone who's a part of that demographic we're talking about, I can tell you, uh, I and all the people I talk to don't feel like uh, we need. need. Need to slow down just because we're well into our seventies. Because uh, actually, we feel like seventy is is the uh, uh, is the new is the new uh, fifty is the new seventy that we feel just as young as those uh, who are uh, in in years much younger than uh, than we are. And the last thing we want to do is spend the rest of our years sitting in a rocking chair looking out the front window.
1: Uh, Bill, what does work give you? Why are you doing it into your 70s, as you say?
3: Yeah, well, it gives me the satisfaction of uh, contributing, of being able to do things. I'm following a very different career now than I than I did earlier in my life. I'm enjoying it. I'm able to, to uh, e- experiment with uh, new things, uh, new, new areas of, of interest. And uh, I believe it, it keeps me, as David said, uh, sharper in mind and feeling younger in body.
1: David, what about you personally? What keeps <laughs> you going or why do you keep going? <laughs> well, yeah, my, my retirement date
2: is never... Um, and I'm lucky in that I spent so much of you know, my career has been and still is involved with, you know, research and writing. It's not like I'm working in a in a, a physical job so I could keep this going. And I think it's a tremendous to tackle both a sense of uh, validation, self-worth. You still have a contribution to make. And I also find that I am have a chance through Zoomer to be following uh, probably the most important social trend ever, which is, of course, uh, aging, the reinvention of aging. So I feel like I've got a a front row seat to a very exciting and dynamic and important story. Why would I want to uh, go off stage uh, now?
1: David Kravitz, Chief Membership Officer at CARP and Vice President here at Zoomer Media, and Bill Van Gorder, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Marketing Officer at CARP. You're listening to the best of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. I'm Jane Brown. Voting in a federal election by mail is not a new option. It's been around since the early 90s for Canadians living abroad and students living outside their home ridings. But since we're still in a pandemic, the people at Elections Canada are expecting an especially high turnout of votes by mail. Joining me on Monday to talk about the options, Natalie DiMontini, Regional Media Advisor with Elections Canada.
4: If you want to vote in person, and that's probably the easiest way to vote, it's still like um, on September 20th, which is the day of the election. Or you can take advantage of advanced polling days, which are, you know, next Friday. So from Friday, September 10th to Monday, September 13th, 9 to 9, 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. Okay. So those are options. Now you mentioned voting by mail. So if you want to vote by mail, then you need to apply to get your voting kit. You can, uh, you can apply on our website. It's pretty straightforward. Or you can actually call us and we'll send you, um, We'll send you the form to to fill in but you need to hurry what what we need to um at this point um as of today i would strongly encourage people to um to know how or to decide how they're going to vote because there is there are deadlines attached to all of those and the fourth option is to vote at an office at Elections Canada office so i think that maybe some people are not aware of that but you can go i you can go vote today. You can actually go vote today until September um, 14, and uh, you can just, uh, you know, you'll, pre- you'll go to the Canada, Canada um, office and Elections Canada's office, and then you'll be voting by special ballot.
1: Okay, so that is a lot of options. Let's get back to the voting by mail for just a moment. You have to apply for a voting kit, I'm reading yeah. here, by September 14th, Yes.
4: Absolutely. By September 14 at 6 pm you need to apply for your voting kit um, and you can do so online. Um, as I said, it's, it's you know like there's steps um, to do that. You need to um, prove your identity and your address. As okay. that's a requirement to uh, vote in, in Canada. And then once your application has been um, received by Elections Canada, um, you get a reference number. So you'll be able to check um, your, um, the status of your application. So if you um if it's been received, if it's been approved, it's if your kit has been sent to you. One thing that is important to know is once you've been, you know, accepted, that's the only way you can vote. You cannot change your mind. And what you will receive, like um, you know, the special ballot kit. Is it will be like a series of envelopes that you'll receive in a special ballot. So the special ballot is different than when you vote in person. When you vote in person, you have the name of all the candidates in your writing, and then you select the one you want to vote for. When you vote by special ballot, it's a blank um, ballot. So you are responsible to um, input the name uh, and the last name of the candidate that you're voting for, then you're actually putting it in, into an inner envelope that will keep the secrecy of your vote. You put it into another envelope, which is called the outer envelope, and then you sign a declaration that you're a Canadian citizen, that you're only voting once, um, and then you sign that and you put it in, into a third envelope, and that third envelope will be pre-addressed and um, pre-paid. So that will be returned to your um, writing if you're a local elector.
1: In order to vote by mail, first of all, you do have to apply by the 14th of September. But then your ballot has to be received by Elections Canada by Election Day, September 20th, in order for it to count.
4: Yes, absolutely. That's very important. If you are worried that you may not, it may not get there on time, you can. Drop it at the Elections Canada office okay. uh, of your own writing, or you can actually bring it to um, where you were supposed to vote um, on the, until the poll closes on September 20th.
1: Natalie DeMontini, Regional Media Advisor with Elections Canada. For more information, visit Elections Canada online or call 1-800-463-6868. one 800 463 six, eight, six, eight. You're listening to the best of fight back. I'm Jane Brown coming up after the break, waiting on the breakout moment in the federal election campaign.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one. Good isn't good enough. Make way for the best of Fight Back with Jane Brown on Zuma Radio. Welcome back.
1: On Tuesday, we were starting to see some shifting in voter support ahead of the September 20th election. The Daily Nanos poll had the Trudeau Liberals at 34 percent, followed by the O'Toole Conservatives at 32, the Jagmeet Singh New Democrats at 21 percent, followed by the enemy Paul Green Party at 4.6 percent. All of the parties were up slightly, with the exception of the Conservatives, who were down 2.8 percent. While filling in for Libby's Nimer, I was joined by Fight Back's Tuesday strategy panel to talk about the election campaign to that point and ahead of the big debates.
5: Only two weeks left, and certainly the polling indicates a bit of a comeback. I mean, there's been some flip flops by O'Toole, there's the whole gun control uh, issue, and a number of Items around the vaccines, uh, and I think the anti-mob is working against uh, some of the conservatives because, albeit they're not conservatives, they're a little bit more of a fringe group. Um, they do seem to have some association with that. I think the other thing is they've now seen their plans. I mean, to those that are paying attention, at least the only costed plan are the Liberal plan, um, the NDP plan is a bit far-reaching, and and the conservatives have it uncosted, and they estimate it's probably a hundred billion. But notwithstanding. There is a sense of maybe Trudeau is seen as fighting back and sort of showing that counterpunch that, that they seem to like about him. It's, just, it's a risk, though. Too much of this is dependent upon uh, people's character uh, and not enough, not enough about the party in general.
1: John, over to
6: you yeah I think you know and we've always talked about polls you know being snapshot in time the the thing about the unanimous poll is that it's a daily tracking poll which shows trends uh unlike the other polls which you know they tend to do on a on a, a specific day usually a week or so before they get released um you know i think the, the the positive thing for conservatives is that you know aaron O'Toole is is much more recognized now there's uh his his favorabilities uh versus the negatives you know where we opposite, or I should say the negatives were far greater than the positives uh, back before the election campaign, whereas now they kind of reversed. And and so the people that have seen Aaron O'Toole generally feel very positive about him, at least that's what the numbers show, which is I think is good news for Aaron, especially given the fact that the first couple of weeks were really positive for him. Um, You know, when you look at the polls, I think it's seat projections that you have to look at, because obviously, you know, they're still within the margin of error, 32 to 34, uh, is a margin of error. There's a bit of a trend that's uh, showing a bit of an up and down, which shows that, you know, some people are watching, that if, if, if a leader has a particularly bad week or a good week, that's reflective. But uh, other polls show that the Conservatives are, are ahead. Um, and and that's a positive sign going into debates, I think, and that's one of the things that we're going to see over the next little while. Jane is the French debate tomorrow, and then the English debate on Thursday, um, and those are going to be actually quite pivotal in campaigns because debates do matter. They, te- they you know sometimes they uh, they tend to showcase a leader uh, in a very positive way, and other leaders in a negative way. So I think a lot of people will be watching that, and, and certainly the pundits and the media will be' uh, we'll be reflecting on the debates uh, once they happen, and that
1: leads into the last week or two of the campaign karen your your thoughts on the overall picture
7: yeah i, I um, you know I agree with Charles in that the the anti trudeau debates are actually working against the conservatives I think um even though now they're more openly saying that it's the People Party of Canada which is not associated with the conservatives I think you know the general sense is that the anti vaxxers are conservative and and that's not the case and so um, that that will play itself out as it does, and you know Trudeau again. He he tends to do well from the underdog position, which is again where he is right now. Even though he's leading in the polls, you know his goal was to get a majority government, which uh, at, the, at, at this moment in time seems out of reach, and so he's back into that underdog position where he he tends to, I think, um, his campaigning improves to be candid, um, because now he's not fighting. Uh, you know, he's fighting against the Conservatives. And and there is a bit of a negative tone, I, I think. Um, I would ask the panelists if they'd agree with me that has been injected in the campaign and um, as campaigns come to the final two weeks. But but I will say I'm not sure yet where the momentum is right now. That it, it was going for the Conservatives. It seems to have stopped. I'm not sure they've peaked. There's always a worry they peaked too soon. I don't know that they've peaked. Um But I'm also not sure that... I don't know that the Liberals have peaked either. So I think this week... Normally, I wouldn't spend a lot of time on debates because, you know, it's again, it's a bit of showmanship, not actual debating. But I actually think these debates are going to matter more than they may have in past elections.
1: John Capobianco, senior vice president and senior partner, Fleischman Hillard High Road. Karen Stintz, CEO of Variety Village. John Capobianco, Senior Vice President and Senior Partner, Fleischman Hillard High Road. And Charles Souza, former Ontario Liberal Finance Minister. Fight Back's Tuesday Strategy Panel. This is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown. My friends at Bladder Cancer Canada also joined me on Tuesday to talk about the hope the 80,000 Canadians diagnosed with bladder cancer now have because of a heightened awareness around the fifth most common cancer in Canada. It wasn't always this way, but with advancements in research and treatments, more people are surviving this disease and living full lives. And this is due in part to the annual Bladder Cancer Walk, which I've been involved with since 2015 in memory of my mom, Sandy, who died of bladder cancer in 2012. Dr. Alex Zlotta is Director of Euro oncology at Mount Sinai Hospital, Professor in the Department of Surgery at U of T, and a member of Bladder Cancer Canada's Medical Research Board. And Ferg Devins is Chair of Bladder Cancer Canada and a bladder cancer survivor himself.
8: Well, the walk, you know, initially started out as an awareness walk, just to start to raise awareness for bladder cancer being... Well, it's the, the, the fifth most common cancer in Canada. And, uh, you know, who knew? Uh, so the walk initially started out as an awareness walk and it really turned into our key source of revenue all these years. Um, in the heyday, we were raising close to $600,000 annually. Last year, given COVID, we came in at about $430,000. So, Jane, the importance of this walk, September 25th and 26th, is that people register, participate, help raise awareness about bladder cancer in Canada, and importantly, to raise funds in support of bladder cancer's mandate.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the research and advancements in treatment. Uh, Dr. Zlotta, uh, what has happened over the years to improve treatments for bladder cancer patients and ultimately to eradicate bladder cancer in terms of the research?
9: I think we've seen and we've witnessed Uh, Rapid advances in bladder cancer since your mom passed away every year. I'm happy to convey to the public uh, more and more advances. Just to cite a a few, uh, for instance, after uh, the treatment of bladder cancer where unfortunately the bladder has to be removed, which we call a cystectomy, uh, there was not a lot of things that could be done in, in men and women who were at risk of harboring what I call the enemy that you don't see, which is basically some self hiding somewhere. And uh, the FDA, for instance, has approved um, a new drug, which is an immune immunotherapy that was previously done and for, um, given to patients when they had disease outside of the bladder, and which has shown that in those women and men who received, uh, that prolonged survival and improved outcomes. That's one avenue out of uh, so many. Uh, there are many avenues, averse, when people, for instance, um, don't uh, respond to BCG for the disease, which is localized. We were a little bit short of uh, good, good answers. And there's now a flurry of studies and a flurry of new treatments with uh, fairly exciting results that can keep patients uh, without tumor recurrence and keeping the bladder and last but not least, I think FERG is fully aware in Bladder Cancer Canada, there have been shortages and for the availability of BCG, which is the most commonly given treatment inside the bladder after the tumor has been resected endoscopically to prevent the tumor from coming back and invading. And now uh, since, I think, this month, Um, A Canadian company has brought another source of BCG so that shortages now will be um, history and patients will be uh, able to get BCG no matter what in all circumstances. I think that's really important.
1: That is fantastic. And for those people who are a little bit too shy to call in but do have bladder cancer, and are looking for the support that is provided through Bladder Cancer Canada, uh, your recommendation for these individuals?
8: So there's lots of resources at bladdercancercanada.org. We also have a discussion forum, so people can go into the discussion forum as themselves or anonymously, with a with a you know with an anonymous handle, and participate one to one with other patients uh, because your medical support is so critical. But then there's that patient journey, and what we have found is that that patient to patient support through that journey is just so important for our bladder cancer patients in Canada. So that's all available at bladdercancercanada.org. Lots of resources there. Uh, I encourage people if they're facing bladder cancer or a loved one is to check out that resource.
1: Ferg Devons, bladder cancer survivor and chair of Bladder Cancer Canada and Dr. Alex Zlata, director of uro-oncology at Mount Sinai Hospital, professor in the Department of Surgery at University of Toronto and a member of Bladder Cancer Canada's Medical Research Board. If you have not used up all of your charitable donations for this year, I would be honored if you would sponsor me in this year's Bladder Cancer Walk. There is more information on Online at I'm Jane Brown, and this is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. Still to come, what you had to say about the week that was and the Fight Back Knockout Call of the Week.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Zoomer Radio, pulling no punches with the best of Fight Back with Jane Brown.
1: Fight Back with Libby Snymer brings you comprehensive coverage of the news stories that interest you and your reaction to them on the phones. We've gone through the audio. Here are some of the best calls of the past week. Andrew in Newmarket called with his perspective on being an older worker.
3: Well, I'm sixty five years old, but um, I definitely believe that it, it depends on your vocation. Uh, for myself, I've been self-employed for forty five years, and my, my, my vocation is gardening. So um, you know, people retire and do what I do. And so basically, something for me, uh, retirement for me is is just basically slowing down a little, but to to always enjoy gardening but again as you know your commentators say if you love your work obviously you uh, <laughs> you're going to continue it and, and I definitely b- believe it it'll keep you younger
0: and now fight backs knockout call of the week
1: there were a lot of great calls this week but the winner of the fight back knockout call of the week comes from Sita in Mississauga about the increasingly aggressive protesters at Justin Trudeau's campaign events.
4: This is not our country. We don't behave like this. It's disgusting when protesters cannot control their anger. Don't they learn by now that action really don't solve anything but causes more anger, pain, frustration and division? Anti-vaxxers... Those out-of-control pro- protests should be charged. They should have criminally charged brought to them, and the police should not be afraid to do their job. They should not be afraid that, um, about rights or being racial, etc. cetera. It is, it is okay not to like someone. It is okay to voice your opinion, but it's definitely not okay to hurt anyone, especially our prime minister. Words, sticks, and stones can hurt.
1: three six seven nine six three six i'm jane brown join me again at the same time tomorrow when we'll round up the rest of the best of fight back
0: the best of fight back is produced by jane brown justin Eacock, and zeep haddie with technical production by kelly robotham executive producer moses nimer